it's always awkward uh, hearing the kinds of words that uh, individuals like John share. I, I felt like I needed to turn around and see who this Greg was. Um, but as John has expressed, uh, we have enjoyed a friendship for 15 years. Um, our journey together has uh, centered around coffee, oftentimes, and uh, John and I share a, a kindred spirit as far as being coffee snobs, and so we uh, uh, have enjoyed some great conversation together. Last week and this week, I uh, wanted to share with you some reflection from the book of Colossians. Um, the Apostle Paul is one of my um, favorite biblical people. Um, I like how he thinks, how he processes and communicates information. Um, I like the challenge that he always gives uh, to make sure that we live out our faith to honor God. Last week, um, we looked at rebooting our lives and um, how that reboot uh, looks in four different kinds of ways. Let's go to the next slide. One is that we refocus on Christ. Um, Life has a way of, of getting blurry at times, and it has a way of um, getting us distracted, and we get caught up with all the different things going on. But in order for us to experience a, a reboot in our spiritual living, we need to refocus on Christ. Uh, we also need to reconnect to the God who satisfies. Again, we uh, talked about uh, Mirrorland and how um, we are the original image of the ultimate original. Uh, and when we look into a mirror, we expect to see us. We don't expect to see a different face or a different image. And God expects when he looks to us to see us reflecting back to him. And we do that best when we're most satisfied in him. Recharging our faith is another part of our life reboot. All of us, for the most part, have smartphones, and we know our battery life is typically anywhere from 16 to 24 hours. But there comes a point where we need to plug into a power source to recharge our phone. Well, the same thing is true for our spiritual faith in Jesus, is that at times, um, our energy level, our focus, our faith begin to deplete. And we need to plug into the power source that's found in Jesus. You know, we were reminded in the song we sang this morning, nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, it is that transformational work of grace in our lives that's given that to us. But then finally, last week, we looked at what it means to renew our passion. That if we're excited about Jesus and how he uh, gives us a focus and purpose for life, uh, if we find our satisfaction in him and our faith is recharged and energized, that we'll be excited in talking with other people. So this morning, we want to look at uh, that operating system uh, for us as Christians, um, which I would call hope. And um, the slide that you will see kind of summarizes where we're heading this morning. You'll also find it on the back panel of your uh, worship folder. Uh, but we want to energize our hope through Christ. We want to um, activate hope. And we do that in four ways in the scripture text that uh, John read for us. Appreciate God's grace, affirm authentic faith, advocate through prayer, and acknowledge the supremacy of Christ. So in the reboot of our lives, if we hit control, alt, delete, number one, we want to appreciate God's grace. In Colossians 1 and verse 3, we read these words. We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. 
I'm reminded of Philemon um, in verse 6 where it says, we always give thanks to you when we think of you. And I mentioned last week how Mountain View had a, a stellar reputation in our community. Um, your outreach across the street to Cascade Elementary, uh, the way that you give to the food bank and your ministry to Eagle Wings. Um, some of you are going to be going to Senegal uh, in a couple weeks and uh, serving over there. Others of you have gone in the past. But your church is known uh, in the community as a caring and compassionate congregation. And um, because of my relationship with your pastor, my relationship with some of your staff, with some of the people here in this group that are, are colleagues and friends, um, I have fond thoughts about Mountain View. And I relate to this prayer. We always give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. You see, when we appreciate the grace of God and the fact that God's grace has extended to all of us, we begin to look at life differently. This morning, we're not doing communion. Um, I've enjoyed the opportunity to be a part of your congregation when we do communion. But communion, uh, the litany that helps me, uh, revolves around the word look. First, we look back. And if we look back, we see where we've been and where God has brought us and what God has been doing in our lives. And that look back for us um, is one of gratitude. It's one of, of gratefulness for the faithfulness of God in our lives. But it's also an opportunity for us to look in, to make sure that our hearts are right before God, that uh, we're in connection with him and we're experiencing spiritual vitality and vibrancy. But more than looking back and looking in, we look around. And I would encourage you the next time you take communion is to look around to your fellow sojourners of the faith individuals who are on the same journey as you, who have gone through uh, the mountaintops and the valleys, times of discouragement and despair, but also those people who've helped you when you've been going through some low time, or when they celebrate with you and give you your high five, people who are there to be faithful and true. You see, when we look around, we find that we're not alone, that together we can do so much more. But not only is it a time for us to look back and look in and look around, but it's a time for us to look ahead to the fact that Jesus is the Lord of our lives, that Jesus is coming back, that Jesus will give us everything that we need. And so I would encourage you, um, as you appreciate the grace of God in your life, to take that look and to look back, to look in, to look around and to look ahead. We also see that um, the way to activate hope. Um, remember when you first um, download um, your uh, software update to your phone or to your computer. You know, it gives you that lovely message. This will take a few minutes or a few hours or a few days, depending on how long it is. But we know in order for our um, technology to operate effectively and efficiently, we have to do the download. But it's not just enough to do the download. We then have to click activate so that it works correctly. You and I download God's word into our lives. We listen to his spirit to prompt us and to guide us. But it's not just enough to download it. We need to activate it by taking certain action. 
One of those actions is to be appreciative of the grace of God. A second action is to affirm authentic faith. Again, looking at verses 4 and 5, we see these words. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Okay, and I've highlighted in yellow uh, those phrases that really leaped out at me. And hopefully, yeah, you can see it. Um, we have heard of your faith in Christ. When you think of people or hear of people in their journey of following Jesus, um, some of those inspire you and encourage you and excite you. Why? Because we aspire to be like them, and also we are encouraged by them. And because we have heard of the faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people and the faith and love that spring from hope, stored up for you in heaven and about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. Notice, it's faith in Christ. That's at the top of our lives. But also, the foundation of, life, of our lives is because the love of Jesus has been shared with us. His love compels us to love others. And it's faith and love together that spring from a hope that we have, the hope of glory, the hope of Jesus. You know, um, Peter in his writings talks about how we ought to be ready to give a defense or uh, a reason for the hope that we have within us. God wants you and I to make sure that we are people who express hope each and every day. And as we um, um, do the control-alt-delete of our lives by rebooting and refocusing and renewing, we affirm authentic faith, as you'll see in verses 6 through 8, when the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it, and truly understand God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Some of you may remember this. Um, I'm not quite that old, but I remember my parents watching Alan London on the TV game show, Password, and the investment into our own password game. And we would play it as a family. Uh, my parents had a, uh, a cabin uh, up in Fonskin in the San Bernardino Mountains. And uh, many a night on a Friday night or a Saturday night, we'd sit around and we would uh, compete um, as teams. Sometimes it would be dad and I. Sometimes it would be uh, my mom and I or my brothers versus my parents. Um, aunts and uncles would come up. But as we played Password, uh, giving the clues, we improved our vocabulary. Well, you see for you on the screen uh, these lovely tiles from the game Scrabble. Scrabble's been a classic for years. And um, as we look at the formation of hope and love, we find that at that intersection is faith in Christ. However, Scrabble wasn't good enough for some people. And so um, our delightful uh, techie gurus invented this game called Words with Friends and some of you play that game. Um, I played it for about three or four different rounds with some of my friends. I, I consider myself a great Scrabble player, except when I play my wife, Sharon. Sharon just devastates me. Um, I don't care what I do. She finds a way of making the 60, 70, 80 point word plays. And you know, you just kind of want to dump all the tiles and give up and concede defeat. 
Well, Word with Friend kind of did that for me because it doesn't follow the principles of Scrabble. They have a different board and different values, and the three or four times I played it, I played it with one of my engineer buddies, he crushed me. I mean, I lost like 400 to 72, you know, and I just, I, okay, let me try it again. And, and it didn't matter how many times I played, I just did not get words with friends. So I did what every normal, prideful person does. I gave up. <laughs> Forget it, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I don't need this kind of torture, this kind of pain. But you know, God wants us that when we go through some difficult time, the gospel, the good news, the activation of hope within us energizes us to be a people who are sharing our faith and sharing our hope in spite of some of the curveballs that life throws at it. Now, I'm not trying to say words with friends is a spiritual curveball, but it was a reminder to me that God wants me to, in spite of some of life's curveballs, to be a person of integrity, a person of faith. He wants me to be a person that encourages people. Um, again, uh, speaking about Sharon, I'm just blown away how she can pull off some of these words. And uh, my middle son, Josh, is kind of the same way. And, and Nick, Bethany, and I, we just kind of slug it out sometimes. But Scrabble is a reminder to us that even though there are certain um, arrangements and alignments Things don't flow the way that we hoped that they would flow. Our letters won't quite line up for us. Our lives won't quite line up for us. But what does line up for us is a faith in Jesus that's centered in the hope that we have in him in the past, in the present, and in the future, but also a hope that's centered in the fact that we've received unconditional love. You notice here in verse um, 7, it talks about, you have learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. 2,000 years later, we keep reading about this guy, Epaphras. You know, it, it's not an epitaph of, the, of a gravestone, but, you know, wouldn't it be cool for you, you know, fast forward to the year 4017 and to come across this old digital copy where it says your name and what you did that improved the lives of people around you. You and I want to make a difference. We want to make sure our lives count. And Epaphras had an authentic faith. His faith was then conveyed and in, in, uh, instilled into the lives of other people. <sighs> On your announcement loop earlier, um, there was a, a sign-up uh, to be involved in a vigil of prayer. There also was another slide as you pray for your uh, team that's going to Senegal. Well, that brings us to the third way that we need to activate hope in our lives, and that's to be advocates through prayer. Notice in verse 9, it starts off this way. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. You see, if we want to make a kingdom difference, we need to be a people that are engaged in heartfelt, genuine prayer for one another. <sighs> I wish that prayer was easier. Uh, I, I have to confess that I love studying the Bible. I enjoy um, 
pursuing academics and investing into uh, head knowledge. But when it comes to prayer, apart from the self-centered prayers of praying for me, the discipline of prayer and praying for others is not something that came easy. But I've been struck by the prayers of Apostle Paul throughout his writing, one of which is here in verses 9 through 14, but also the prayers of David in the psalm. And he has never stopped praying for you. And notice the prayer. We continually ask God, what is his prayer? To fill you with the knowledge of his will. Stop for a moment. What would that be like for you and I to be prayed for by another brother or sister in Christ? To be filled with the knowledge of his will. What does that look like for you? To be filled with the knowledge of his will. I mean, don't, don't we want to know what God wants us to do? Uh, there are times we wish we kind of had this ability to look ahead and that we could be alleviating some of the hurt and the pain that we go through or the confusion. But at the same time, we also know that God is with us. But to pray for one another, to be filled with the knowledge of his will, and how does that happen? Through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Now, I start getting excited when I look at this prayer, and I find myself horripulating. Horripulating? What is that? You know, it's that sensation of where your flesh begins to goose pimple. Uh, I love that word, horripulation. It, it's just a great scrabble word that I can never use because it's more than seven letters long. But, you know, I, I just, I, I find myself tingle with excitement and, and, and incredible, wow, this is what Paul prayed for me way back when? And he wants me to pray it for you? He, he wants us to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. He wants us how for that to happen? Through the wisdom, not just the wisdom, but all the wisdom and all the understanding that the Holy Spirit gives. But it goes on. Why? Notice that we may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. This is why he prays for us and why we should pray for one another. That we can live, let's go to the next slide, a uh, correction, no, back up, my bad. Um, that we can live a life worthy of the Lord. I don't know how many of you um, are members of the Faith Life community, part of the Logos Bible software, um, but they, they generate a, a verse of the day by way of a slide, um, a screensaver, um, the Bible screen TV software that, that is available for everybody. Today's um, slide is Colossians 1.10, that we may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. You see, go back one slide, please. He prayed that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. How? Through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Next slide. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and to please him in every way. So what does that look like? Well, for one, we bear fruit in every good work. We grow in the knowledge of God. We are strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that we can have great endurance and patience and joyfully give thanks to the Father. You see, when we pray for one another in this way and we exercise the ministry of intercession for one another, 
we are in asking of God to impart into each of our lives that ability to know him and to be aware of him so that we live a worthy life, a life that pleases him so that what we do bears fruit, that we grow in the knowledge of God, that we are strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Why? So that we can have great endurance and patience. You find yourself at times just saying, man, I did not ask for this. Why in the world does this keep happening to me? You're in good company. Look around you. We all feel that way. But this prayer reminds us that as we pray for one another to grow in the knowledge of his will and that we would be filled with all wisdom and the understanding of the Holy Spirit, that we will live a life worthy of the Lord and please him because our lives begin to reflect that we do have great endurance, that we do have patience in spite of the curveballs that life throws us, in, in spite of the frozen screen on our phone or on our computer, we know eventually that'll get fixed. The same thing is true when we're frozen emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, mentally, relationally. If we keep looking to God in time, that healing grace takes place. And what is the result? Joyfully giving thanks to the Father. When we choose Jesus, we choose joy. You see, this prayer is just an amazing prayer, and it just kind of, like I said, it just gives me goose pimples thinking about what God is asking of us. But notice, as we continue to read in verses 13 and 14, that he has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Many of you are familiar with uh, the graphic uh, located to the left of the text. Uh, those of you that are Costco members have a Costco uh, credit card. And uh, I blocked out the numbers and the name, but to have a visual for you, is we sometimes forget that God has given us a credit card that is unlimited, that is not restrictive, and can be used at any time. For what purpose? So that we may grow in our satisfaction in him, that we may discover a deeper knowledge and understanding of who he is, that we may find ourselves bearing fruit in all that we do, that we find ourselves so excited and energized because of the hope within us that we begin to... Uh, profoundly enjoy life. I'm a Star Trekkie, and uh, I remember um, one of the episodes involving John Luke Picard where he flashed back to when he was younger. Um, I can't tell you the episode's name, but I remember he was engaged in um, this kind of a battle, this alien creature um, stuck him with this delightful sword, whatever, into his body. And John Luke Picard just laughed at him. You can't kill me off. You can't finish me off. You see, that reminds me of Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians where he says that neither death nor life, not in 2 Corinthians, Roman, that neither death nor life will ever separate me from God. 2 Corinthians tells us that we may be uh, knocked down, but we're not knocked out. God wants us to recognize that we have an inheritance, an inheritance of the kingdom of light because he's pulled us out. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He's brought us into the kingdom of his son that he loves. 
It is in Jesus that we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, in our culture, talking about blood is kind of gross. But we need to understand the, the biblical and theological and historical context of what took place. And it's through the cleansing of, of grace that we have through Christ that gives us this redemption, that gives us the forgiveness of sins. You see, if we were to fast forward to chapter 3 and verse 11 in Colossians, we see that Christ is all that I need. Since you've taken off your old self with the practices and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of, of its creator, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So for you and I to reboot and to rediscover, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You see, all that we just read about is that he is fully sufficient for our needs. All means that he is both the center and the circumference of our lives because God has nothing for us beyond who Jesus is in the full extent of his supremacy. Let's just park on that for a moment. God can't give us anything more than his son. And he gave us his all. And in Jesus, we have all that we need for life, for faith, for hope, for joy, for peace. And sometimes you and I want to find an easier way out. But we need to look to Jesus. The simplicity of our Christian faith is that in Christ, we have everything that we need. You see, he is both the center and the circumference of our lives. Because God has nothing for us beyond who Jesus is in the full extent of his supremacy. When we look to Jesus, we have nowhere else to go to find the ultimate focus for our living, the satisfaction to be fulfilled, the promises to keep us going, and the passion to make a difference. Jesus invites us each and every day to do a download to our hearts, our souls, and our mind by allowing his spirit to speak to us and empower us to activate our hope, to activate our joy, to activate our peace. Why? So that you and I can experience the fullness of life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful and thankful that in Christ we have all that we need. Help us each and every day uh, to be aware of how much we need to reboot, to recharge, to renew, uh, to refocus, so that our faith is one that is contagious and reaches out to others. Help us to draw deeply from the wellspring of life that's found in Jesus, who invited us to remember that when we drink of his water, we will never thirst again. Lord, we are grateful and thankful that in you we have all that we need, nothing less and nothing more. We pray this in the strong and holy name of Christ. Amen.